will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Point. But you can't see your own butt. 
And it's funny, but on this night, with this story, let us take my friend's sermon seriously. Because the story of Christmas is one in which almost every character has a but. It starts with Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest of the temple in Jerusalem, and there were so many priests that each group only got to serve for two weeks a year. And when a group was performing, the morning and evening sacrifices, they would draw lots to see who would do the incense offerings later, and Zechariah's name was drawn. And then he went to the sanctuary, and he met Gabriel, and the angel of the Lord, who announced that he, Zechariah, would have a son named John who would make a ready people for Jesus to show up. Um, so it turns out Zechariah has a very big butt. He, he wants to have a child, but he thinks he's too old. And so his butt is, I, but I'm too old. I'm, I'm too old, Zechariah says. Zechariah's butt is that he's not good enough. He's not young enough. He's not strong enough. He's not fertile enough. He can't believe God has a use for a man like him. The next character is Joseph, just as in Luke's account, an angel appeared, one second, honey, okay? Um, just as in Luke's account, an angel appeared to Zechariah, so in Matthew's account, an angel appears to Joseph. Joseph knew that he was from the lineage of David, the family from whom the Messiah was expected to come, and he also knew his fiance was pregnant. What he found was a little difficult to believe was that the father of this child was not his, but the Holy Spirit. And like a lot of people, Joseph was more than a little concerned with the gossip in the village and at the shops and in the offices and on the workshop floor. It's an unfortunate situation to be in, to be planning to marry a young woman and suddenly discover she's pregnant and it's not your baby. And Joseph is a kind man and he's a good man and he doesn't get angry or humiliate Mary. Which of us would have been as generous as he, right? But Joseph does nonetheless, he does have a butt, a pretty big butt. His butt is, but what will they say? What will they say? He could square it with his own imagination, but he struggled to see how others would do so. Then we move to the third character who doesn't really actually appear in the scriptural story, even though he appeared up here earlier for our little pageant we did at 530. Um, it's the innkeeper. It's the stuff of nativity plays, but he's not really there. Luke gives us a simple line. She laid in a manger because there was no room for him at the inn. And out of that line, we've created an innkeeper and grumpy um, innkeepers and zoos of farm animals and beds of straw. But the innkeeper, fictional or not, is a man with whom we can relate. He's forever remembered as a man who was so preoccupied with the cares of the world, whether he would have enough paying customers at his inn, that he had no room for Jesus in his life. He's a man with a very big butt, but, but I'm too busy. But I'm too busy, the innkeeper says. And then there's the wise men, right? They're sages, magis, astrologers. They've been consulting the skies for a long time. They have a deep understanding of the mysteries of the universe. They have discovered a special star, a star that heralds the birth of a new king, a king whose influence matters not just on earth, but also in heaven. And they travel afar bearing gifts. But then they face a crisis of faith and wisdom. And they assume that the king of the Jews must be born in Jerusalem. And they're clever. 
and courageous and very patient men, but they have also this big but, but the Son of God can't possibly be born in a small, insignificant town. So here are four characters from the Christmas story, four characters who each have this big but, but I'm, but I'm not good enough, but what will people say, but I'm, I'm just too busy, but this isn't the God I'd ever expected anyways. And there are other characters in the story who see things differently, though. One is Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Zechariah's wife, and she, she was past her best due date. Her hopes of having a child seemed to be over. And she could have said, I was too old, but, but I'm not good enough, but I'm too old. But it seems she didn't. Instead, she said, this is what the Lord has done for me when, I, when he looked favorably on me. Another character is Mary. This must have been a terrifying time for her. Having a child is a daunting prospect at the best of times, but, but just imagine being a young girl swept up in God's destiny and facing misunderstanding of your whole community. And Mary could have had so many buts, right? But I'm too young, but I'm too scared, but why me? And we can hardly blame her for saying, but I'm a virgin. But Mary denounces all the buts that could have come to mind, and when Gabriel told her what God had in store for her, she simply responded, here I am. And, and then finally, there's the shepherds. Of all the characters in the story, they might have had the biggest reason to have a, a big butt in their lives. The, the life of a shepherd was a hard one. Not only did they spend most of their life far from the comforts and company of home, even worse than the fact that they were incapable uh, of keeping the ritual and dietary standards of the Jewish law meant that they were unclean and out of God's favor. However, of all the characters in the Christmas story, they have not the slightest hint of a but. They don't, they don't say anything. They don't say, but we're only shepherds, but we're dirty. All they say is, let, let us go now and see this thing that's taken place. They put their livelihoods in danger by leaving their sheep in the field and they put what little rep reputations they had in jeopardy by telling the whole community what they had heard and seen. For the shepherds, there is no buts, but it's just simply celebration and thanksgiving. And so then we look at our own lives and we take away the wrapping paper of nostalgia and sentimentality. And the question for us is, where do we fit in this story? Do we have a big but? But I'm not good enough? But what will people say? But I'm too busy. But this isn't the God I expected. But how, how can this be? And as you make your way to the manger tonight, whether you come often or whether you have stayed away, I wonder what your butt is. I remember my friend said, everyone has a butt. But I'm not good enough. If if you only knew, if you only knew where I have been and the things I have done, the hurt I've caused, how long I've been gone and how lost I really am, if you only knew, but I, I'm not possibly good enough. But what will people say? I wouldn't dare let down my defenses and my facade of happiness or success or pride. What will people think of it if I admit my longing for something more, I fess up to my own weakness and my loneliness and my broken spirit and that deep down desire for some kind of purpose that I don't yet have. But I'm too busy. 
But you don't understand, I barely got here tonight. I'll give it one night, maybe. But I have no room for this, or God, ongoing. I have to keep all these balls in the air all the time, because if I get distracted, if I drop one, maybe you'll see I'm, I'm barely holding it together anyways, and that this busyness is just a coping mechanism for my grief or my loneliness. But how could this be? The God I know is not really found in my life. The God I know, if I'm willing to even admit there is a God against every rational thing that tells me there isn't, if there is a God, this God must be completely unconcerned with me. Maybe even turned against me. How could this be? How could God let all this happen to me? Everyone has a but. And we can see each other's butts. I can see yours. And many times, unless someone else holds a mirror up to our lives, we can't see our own. What is your butt tonight? Maybe tonight you find yourself like the shepherds, a little scared, but also eager to respond to whatever new thing God has in store, willing to lay aside your butt to approach the manger. The good news of the Christmas story is that God found a way to be with us despite all of our butts. The heart of Christmas is that word Emmanuel, God with us. He found a way to be with Zechariah by giving him a hopeful wife. He found a way to be with Joseph by speaking to him in a dream. He found a way to be with the innkeeper by coming in the back door anyways. He found a way to be with the wise men by sending them scurrying back to their books with this mystery they could not explain. God finds a way to be with us, whatever our but is. That is the good news of Christmas, that God shall be with us until, until all buts have ceased and we see God face to face. Would you pray with me? God, we find ourselves in this story tonight. We find ourselves just by our senses in this story tonight. Our fingers are starting to go numb. Our noses are a little cold. There's the smell of camel. We also find ourselves in this story as those who have said, but so many times, we don't realize that God is here despite our butts. And so if, if you are a Zechariah tonight and you think you are no good, you're spoiled goods, you couldn't possibly be someone God wants to do something through, I invite you to lay that aside. If you're like the innkeeper tonight and you're just too busy, not just too busy for God, but too busy for your family, too busy to pause, too busy to be present, to soak in what you really need, lay that aside. If you're like the wise men tonight, who are asking in so many ways, how could this be? Maybe it's because you are a rational thinker, 
you're a scientist at heart and you just po can't possibly believe this story or maybe it's because you've experienced so much heartache that you can't reconcile that heartache with a God of love. I invite you to lay that aside too. And choose to be with the God who is with you. God, we choose to be with you tonight. And we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He who heard humanity's cry Left his throne to wake as a child He became like the least of us Behold